Chapter 89 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 89 Honorable Bluster Gibbon's speech before the court-martial. Half a dozen more witnesses were examined, but nothing positive could be proved that Dr. Juno had either himself shot or ordered any prisoners of war to be shot, and according to orthodox customs no one can be convicted on such evidence. Moreover, it was proved by what the orthodoxy considered her best witness, Mr. Fierce, that Generals Cadwell, Stew, Pansy, and Pierce were alive to this day and were held as hostages, which looked badly for the conspirators' court-martial. Nevertheless they had to carry the matter through, therefore the prosecuting attorney closed his remarks in the following speech, in which the spectators evinced little interest. Honorable Bluster Gibbon's Prosecuting Attorney's Speech Gentlemen of the Commission, the duty is incumbent upon me, as a loyal man to my God, to the elect, and to the country, to argue this case in such a manner as to do reverence to our holy cause. Gentlemen, you have listened with great interest to the witnesses who were this morning examined. If we were not, each of us, fully assured that this right reverend, this doctor of divinity and doctor of medicine and psychology, was guilty of the crimes of riot, treason, and cold-blooded murder, I should have more to say about the matter than I probably shall in the few remarks which I propose to submit to you in this case. Gentlemen, you and I have no business to entertain any feeling about this case. We are simply here in the performance of a high public duty, simply to vindicate and sustain the majesty of the laws under which we live, simply to protect that most sacred right that any of us may claim as our home or constitutional right the right to execute the invader of old established usages, the murderer of prisoners of war, such as the prisoner at the bar is. Gentlemen of the Commission, you have heard the testimony of the witnesses, and you know, without witnesses, that this man is guilty of murdering our brave soldiers as if they were dogs, as if he had the right to trample upon the sacred usages of all civilized countries. I hope this progressive Christian, this right reverend Bishop Juno, is not to carry us back to the age of Mohammedanism, or to the Dark Ages. The assurance of an innovator like he, to dare to shoot our men as if they were mere cattle, not even giving them a chance to defend themselves, as you here permit him to be defended. Why, gentlemen, he should have been immediately shot, as he shoots our men, whom he has taken on the field. Yes, we should not give him an opportunity to open his impudent mouth. He has always been a perfect nuisance to decent Christian people. Look what he has not done to disturb the peace and comfort of the religious community. He was justly been arrested and imprisoned for publishing and circulating obscene books. Books that were so lewd, filthy, wicked, and infamous that the same were too offensive to go on the records of the criminal court in which he was convicted, and that is bad enough, God knows. Gentlemen, you are called upon to give a verdict of murder in the first degree, 
and, by so doing, you will remove a stumbling-block to grace divine, a bugbear to the liberty of the saints. Because you are all very well informed how this man at the bar has, for a quarter of a century, thrust himself impudently into the face of every decent man, woman, and child. His harangues to the sensual masses he has everywhere delivered, until he has so agitated a bad cause as to proselyte thousands, and with these dupes he has instituted this most barbarous, gigantic, and atrocious rebellion. And unless you, gentlemen of the Commission, find him guilty of the highest crime in the country, and forthwith sentence him to death, and order his execution instantly, this war will continue. Once he is removed from terra firma, then farewell rebellion. I hope every person within the reach of my voice agrees with me in this view of the question. Why should we hesitate in doing or delaying our duty in this plain business transaction? Let us vindicate our cause whilst we have it in our power, whilst we have this malignant upstart, this reverent tyrant, this butcher of human beings, who has no more conscience and heart than a tiger or an infuriated bull. The testimony is ample to cause his speedy conviction and execution. Look at him! How cool, hardened, unconcerned, and lost to shame he is! A man who is guilty of such crime, as this right Bishop Juno is, should repent in sackcloth and ashes before the avenging hand of justice sends his impious soul, if he has any, into the presence of a wrathful Creator. Of all the brazen-faced, egotistical, and self-elated scoundrels, this wicked wretch beats it. Of all the calm-headed cutthroats and presumptuous braggadocios, I must assert he is the quintessence. If there were any symptoms of insanity, if he had any slight signs of not being composmentous, we might have some sympathy for the creature but a non-composmentus could not wield the mighty influence for evil that this prisoner at the bar has done. He is a self-made demon, who can speak so plausibly to the masses as to cause them to believe that he is the most learned and wise man, when he is moved by Satan, guided by imps, and sustained by the cheek of all that is infernal and damnable. Who of you, my hearers, doubt this? Who of you doubt anything that I have said of this deliberate murderer? I will wager all that is sacred to me that, if this honorable court will permit it, he will make an attempt in a harangue to justify himself in every crime that he has figured. He is so lost to decency and good breeding that his conscience is seared, and it is only sport to the wretch to murder our innocent soldiers and if he had us this moment in his power as we have him, he would order us to be drawn into a line and place a cannon at one end of the line and blow us to glory like dogs. Yes, like he did our soldiers in every battle where any of our men fell into his dastardly hands. In conclusion, gentlemen of the Commission, I do not wish to insult your intelligence, nor continue to argue with you as though you were also conscience void, like this beast at the bar although he looks self-satisfied and composed, but I assure you that he is almost scared to death. Yes, I can at times see an expression on his countenance that shows his dread of the result of this just trial. 
Let us make an example of this leader of the greatest mob of ruffians that ever breathed breath. Who are his followers and rioters? I will tell you. The greasy, dirty mechanic, the common laborer, the off-scouring of the land, who are not good enough for us to wipe our feet upon. Yes, these stinking workingmen make up his so-styled army and navy, who have stolen our war implements by a series of secret society movements, knowing well enough that by fair means they could not have given us so much trouble. Gentlemen, I am not going to doubt your morality, your virtue, your Christian graces. I am not going to suppose for a moment that you mean to stand by and justify this flagrant violation of law by any further remarks upon this subject of these atrocious wholesale murders. I shall simply present the testimony to you under the charge of rigid justice, and will ask you to find a verdict of guilty of murder in the first degree. End of chapter 89